Literature and Psychology by Dr. Saideh Malik Afzali, Dr. Daniel Rockers, and Dr. Alex Andrade from Tabana Organization. Tabana is a non-profit mental health organization organized in Sacramento, California. Tabana seeks to help individuals and families to strengthen their capabilities and to thrive. Aired on Saturdays and Sundays from 12 to 1 o'clock weekly. Ready, Daniel? A very warm hello to our Radio Bombad listeners. Uh, I'm sitting with Dr. Rockers and Dr. Andrade, two of my colleagues and friends from Tabana Organization. Uh, Dr. Rockers was talking about building your community, and I thought maybe uh, it would be a very good topic to converse today. So I will hand it to Dr. Rockers to start. I've noticed that when I was younger, I first got a job out of college and I had moved to Lubbock, Texas. And at some point I realized that I didn't know how to integrate into the community. In fact, I think I didn't even realize it until a year later when I had moved out of the city of Lubbock. It was hard to start in terms of building my own community. And I don't think I would have called it that. I think I would have probably called it, well, friends or whatever. But I think for most of us, we need to have a sense of community, a place where we belong, friends who know us and we know them, some of the things that we do on a regular basis and how we connect with others. It helps provide stability. It helps provide meaning and purpose. So I think it's a very important part of our life. I would call that building community, and it shows up easily when we have big things happen in our life or when we relocate or change. So there's that aspect. And another part for our discussion today is how that is changing in the world today. We just came through COVID. We just saw a whole lot of people connecting in a lot of different ways. Some of that was kind of effective and some of that was less than what we knew to be effective of in person. But maybe that's something new, that as the world becomes more unified and more global, we can stay connected more closely. Interesting. Um, there are people right here in the U.S. who are connecting with those in Ukraine. What's that, Saide? Oh, I was just going to say, it's very well, I interesting. Gonna, it was, I was going to add to I was going to jump in there too, Daniel. I, I really like what you're, you're sharing too. I think, as I've mentioned, probably before, I like to kind of start small. Oh, oh, sorry, go ahead, go ahead. That too. And even just saying hello, kind of, you know, saying hi. Uh, oh, I just moved in the neighborhood. I'm going to be, you know, I'll probably see you around. Uh, that way you feel like you're building those connections. And then as, you know, the, if there's a particular interest or hobby you have, I, I like going to bookstores. So I'll go to a bookstore. I'm like, oh yeah, you know, I'm new to the area. You know, I'll probably stop by and, you know, maybe pick up starting point too, to the, all those things you mentioned, Daniel. Yeah, that's the it's I like that idea, too, of starting in small ways. You know, we've talked about social support before, and that's so important. When you mentioned that, I was thinking about one of these bank branches that I usually go to when I do in-person banking. And one of the employees there 
began to recognize me and would call me by my name. And it really changes the whole atmosphere. I mean, if they do it in a good way, right? <laughs> Daniel, you're here to get money again? Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. There's that guy who meant money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but it, no, it really is. It changes the atmosphere and that helps us build our sense of community. Mm. Whereas if we had moved into a different city and didn't know anybody and we still didn't know anybody a year later, it's a pretty lonely existence. It mm. can be pretty challenging. Yeah. Yeah. Are you back? Uh, yeah, I, I'm sorry. I guess there was something happening. But I was just going to say, uh, this is really an important issue you mentioned, because in the community, bigger community I'm involved, sometimes we have a new person coming and it seems like how difficult it is for them to interact and to be part of the community. And when a community is built and then people know each other, the atmosphere, the dynamic of that group that they're together and know each other is so different. And when somebody new comes, um, it's hard for them. And it's so great that today we are talking about that because a lot of times in our community, I noticed that when there, there's a new person just emigrated or a person moved from another city, um, there's some really nice people who embrace them, who invite them, who talk to them, who tell them that we have this going on, we have this group that you can join. And one of the groups that we always invite people um, it's the hiking group or the walking group because it's very casual and people can um, get to know people while they're doing a sport. And I noticed that many people who are new to the community, they often at first, they're a little depressed because they have lost their friends, they have lost their community. And now um, when you talk to them, they're not so happy. They don't seem to be themselves because they said, you know, I was working at this place. I had this, I had this many friends. Um, I could just get in the car and find things that I wanted. And now I have to keep, keep asking people, how do I get this? Where do I go for this? Uh, even though now the internet is a great help, but we know it's not that easy as it is when you are living in a place for so long. So it's important for our listeners, if you see anybody who is new to the community, who is emigrated to a, to a place, imagine how hard it is for them not knowing the language, not knowing the people, not having a job. I mean, all of that, it's a very difficult time for that person. So if you know someone like that, try to embrace them, try mm -hmm. to help them. It's very, very important that they're welcome because this is something that uh, out of all the negativity of life um, that they feel, losing jobs, losing family, moving to a new place, at least that welcoming makes them feel good that maybe they're starting to belong. Yeah, I completely agree. I think, too, along those lines, to be able to connect with the community is being involved in some types of events or activities. And so even looking, there's websites that say that, uh, that share local activities, local events that are kind of going on. Uh, a lot of them are even free. I always encourage people, you know, go to these free events and that are in your community, even like they'll have, uh, you know, if the weather's warming up a little bit. They'll have the, uh, 
what is it called? The open air markets or the farmer's markets. Uh, you know, even that could be a place where you go and kind of, you know, make that part of your kind of weekly routine. And maybe you'll, you know, interact and connect with somebody being like, oh yeah, I just moved in the area and I'm kind of, you know, wanting to get more acquainted with it. Uh, again, it might sound simple or maybe a little anxiety provoking to just say, hi, you know, I moved in the area. Uh, but how are people going to know who you are or that you're new? So uh, again, there is a part that you have to bring to that too. It'd be great if people just seen your new person and they're like, oh, I've never seen you before. But I think people are a lot of times focused in on their own experience and given the opportunity to interact, sometimes will you know, uh, uh, engage and will kind of connect with you a little bit more, especially if it's something that feels really local or really near to where you're living. And also, oh, if you move from one neighborhood to another, I remember the first time we moved from another neighborhood to a different neighborhood. Um, different, I was just seeing people around and they were so curious when we were moving, who we are, uh, you know, what we do, you know, how curiosity mm -hmm. of the neighbors. And I just thought by myself, um, maybe it would be a good idea um, to just invite them to a gathering and um, so I sent a, an invitation to all the neighbors in the cul-de-sac and the next cul-de-sac around and I asked them to come for dinner to our house that was years before when my children were very young and I had more energy and and, <laughs> and I could do all these other things so I invited um 20 houses around us to come to our house and I made some Persian food. It was the opening the door to getting to know them and starting, uh, you know, our community. And it was very interesting because immediately you feel like you are connected with some of the people there. So then they became really good friends of mine. And still to this day, even we moved from that neighborhood, we often go to lunch together uh, in their events, either my events or their events, we invite each other. So from those 20 families, uh, unfortunately, a couple of older parents pass, but the younger ones that they were about my age at that time and our children were about the same age, we still um, see each other. We still go to each other's uh, events, um, wedding parties, engagement parties and all of that. So one of the things we can do is starting this, as you said, starting your own community. I think somebody has to step forward, you know, and why not you uh, if you are interested in getting to know your community or starting a community on your own? Yeah, I think or the, your, what you said reminded me of a discussion we just had over the weekend with uh, Jan's brother was and her dad. They were talking about when they moved, this is many years ago, to Richmond, Virginia from the upper Midwest. And they said that the day that they moved in, I think within the hour of them, the moving truck getting there, they had two different people showed up at their doorstep with a cake. They said, welcome to the community. Mm -hmm. And then somebody else came by and said, hey, I know you're really busy. You've got a lot of stuff. It looks like you're moving. But why don't you come over at five for drinks? Mm -hmm. Come over for an hour and just have drinks. We'd like to invite you over. Mm -hmm. This is what a welcoming community. It's such a good way. So side A, you bring up a good way of uh, you can do it yourself or you can 
or the community can do that. So you can offer it as the community. You can help build it there. We should probably take a break here. When we come back, I'd like to hear from Alex. Alex, you moved to Chicago. I know you're reluctant to talk about this, but <laughs> you made quite, that was quite a move. And you've talked about not knowing anybody there and you went for it. So maybe when we get back, we can hear from you about how did you do it? This is very inspirational. Sounds good. All right, شنوندگان عزیز رادیو بامداد اگه تازه رادیوتون رو باز کردین و صدای ما رو از رادیو بامداد میشنوین من به همراه دو تن از همکارانم از شرکت توانا دکتر الکساندر رادی و دکتر دنیل راکرز در خدمتتون هستیم من سعیده ملک افزلی هستم روزهای شنبه و یک شنبه از ساعت 12 تا یک بعد از ظهر ما به زبان انگلیسی تحت عنوان کالچر اند سایکولوژی یعنی فرهنگ و روانشناسی صحبت میکنیم اگر کسانی هستن که فکر میکنین از زبان انگلیسی استفاده میکنن ازشون دعوت کنین به برنامه ما توجه کنن ما امروز راجب این صحبت میکردیم که اگه یه جای جدیدی میریم و میخوایم کامیونیتی خودمون رو ایجاد بکنیم چقدر خوبه که دعوت کنیم از همسایه هامون بیان یا اینکه اگر یه آدم جدیدی میاد به کامیونیتی ما ما خوش آمد بهشون بگیم و اونا رو دعوت کنیم که بیان برای یه شام یه نهار یا حتی یه عصرونه که با هم آشنا بشیم و این خیلی کمک بزرگی میکنه برای آدم جدیدی که میاد به همسایگی ما یا به کامیونیتی ما برمیگردیم و دنباله صحبتمون رو ادامه میدیم سرنوشت را باید از سرنوشت شاید این بار کمی بهتر نوشت آشقی را غرق در باور نوشت قصه ها را از We are back with Dr. Rockers and Dr. Alexandrati, and we continue our conversation. I know Dr. Rockers asked a question, uh, so it's Dr. Andrade's turn to respond. Yeah, well, I know recently on the uh, collaboration that we did, the Psychology Plus and Culture and Psychology podcast, uh, it was sharing with Daniel uh, in regards to my experience moving to Chicago and how in moving there, I didn't know anybody. I didn't have an apartment. I didn't have a job. I wasn't accepted into grad school. Uh, so uh, yeah, there were a lot of hurdles uh, that I faced, including not having a community. I will admit that's one that took a little bit longer. It started with uh, working as soon as I started a job, which it took me three months to find a job upon moving there, uh, you know, to not have a community, uh, to not really feel a sense of connection really did weigh on me. And I, I definitely empathize with individuals who 
have some adjustment or depression following a big move in that way. It's like the, that, that, that network that you have, sometimes you take for granted and you don't realize how important that is. And so over the years, uh, I'd learned, you know, the importance of that and the value of that, uh, where even recently among moving back to Sacramento I was really intentional with that, really conscientious of that. Uh, one of the main ways that I built a sense of community there was joining a recreational league, uh, uh, playing pool, billiards. And so through joining that, uh, I was able to start to meet people. I ended up playing uh, in a couple of, uh, for a couple of years in the, in the pool league, uh, ended up playing in a softball league. Uh, so that was one of those things that allowed me to get a sense of connection in that way. Uh, and recently I had helped a friend move to Texas. Uh, we drove from Sacramento to Texas and upon arriving in Texas, uh, kind of similarly to what Dan was sharing before the break, as he was moving in the day we were unloading, people were, you know, saying hello, you know, we go over there and, 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 and me wanting to help encourage some of those supports and network. We would talk to his neighbors briefly. One guy seen us kind of backing up the moving truck, uh, not being very skilled at backing up moving trucks, uh, you know, and kind of recognized that we were struggling, you know, as like, Hey, how are you guys doing? Uh, just even that saying hello, you know, welcome to the neighborhood uh, that I could tell did so much for my friend. And, and my friend also shared with me recently, one of the things that he had, uh, you know, done to really try to build that network was through his religious uh, kind of beliefs, you know, getting connected with the church um, to feel like he's connected with the church to feel as though there's a place of worship that he has. Uh, that's something too, that can be really important and really valuable. It's like, you go to what you need. You go to, you know, if, if your faith, your religion is really important to you, you know, jump into that right away. Don't, don't take weeks, don't take months to kind of, you know, once things get settled, now I'm going to do that, you know, start right from the beginning to kind of get connected with your community. So you can feel like, okay, this is my home. This is my, you know, this is my space now in that way. How much do you think community means or is connected with daily routine and weekly schedule? Oh, that's a good question. Saide, your thoughts? Um, I think in my head is daily because we do have this in our mind um, all the time. We think of our loved ones. We think of our community. It just comes to your mind, people you know in your community. For me, I feel like the actual connection may be weekly, maybe monthly, um, or in my community of friends or community of culture or community of, um, let's say, uh, Radio Bomb Dot, I mean, different communities you're involved, uh, it seems like it's always in your mind. And it's part of the support that you have built for yourself that is with you. I think you are part of everything and it's in you, the communities that you have built are part of you. But then when it comes to activities, when it comes to um, connection, face-to-face um, -face or different events, then it might be a little different uh, after COVID. But in the past, I would say definitely weekly. There was always something going on, a cultural program, a gathering program. Um, and, you know, you have different uh, committees, different groups within the community. And every group or every subcommittees or committees had something going on. You would 
um, have the options weekly to do something. You could do it or you could just don't, but at least there was weekly programs. It's funny. I, I recently realized I'm plugged into my community more so than I realized, uh, which was a nice finding. Uh, most of March, uh, I was gone uh, first to Alaska and then to Chicago. And so when I'd come back, uh, I frequented a couple of places that I normally go to, uh, one being a, a Mexican restaurant. And upon arriving, one of the women who worked there was like, oh my God, hey, I haven't seen you in so long. And I first thought, okay, I eat here way too much or you know, that I'm kind of plugged into the community, which is nice. Uh, a place that I go to to play pool. Uh, when I went, uh, you know, the, the the people who worked there said hello to me. Uh, several of the patrons said hi. So it, it it showed like they were like, where have you been? What what have you been doing? Like, we haven't seen you. And it was so nice to get, kind of hear that and realize that like, oh, I do have a community that I can be gone and people kind of acknowledge and notice that. And, and even so, upon returning, people are welcoming. So that's something recently that I had uh, similarly that was really, really nice, really uh, reaffirming in that way. And Alex, uh, also, we went to Persian restaurant together. Mm -hmm. And pretty much uh, most of the people there knew me. They came. You knew everybody there. I think you knew <laughs> yeah. everybody there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it was really nice. It's a good feeling. It's, it seems like, you know, you're in a place that people know you, people take care of you. Um, it's just uh, such a support everywhere you go when you were talking about the restaurant that you went and somebody welcomed you and said you haven't been there for a long time. Um, we do have the same issue here. If you go to restaurants that you often go, they know you, they welcome you differently. They sometimes know what you eat. It's really interesting uh, when you have all these support system behind you. It's hard to describe, but it's like, I often talk about the support of family, like you may never need them to help you financially or in any ways, but just knowing they're there if you need them, it just makes you stand stronger. And what is this uh, psychologically that in every one of us, uh, without even digging into how this helps you in life, um, it's always there. And with um, talking about this, it just reminds me of some of the children that I was working with when from one home, they were moving to another, they were homeless, they didn't have a support system. And it's hard for some of us that we have always, always had this and still have to understand what they go through and why they don't trust people, why they do crazy things that they do. It's very important to realize that we do have those supports and we appreciate it. We live with it. Sometimes we don't even realize what an important piece exists in our life. But there are people who don't have any of this. As social beings, we need to be included. I'm thinking this through here. We need to be included on the one hand, because if we don't have that, then there's problems develop, psychological problems develop, and life is pretty miserable. And then we also can't have too much inclusion or too much closeness because then we feel overrun or it's overbearing. 
And I'm the re, the way I'm thinking about this is the the city living versus small town living, and we could add even at rural living. But in the small town, a lot of people know you, and they know your business, and they know what happens and what has happened, and those sorts of things. In the big city, there's more anonymity. But we also know, and I don't know the figures here, that there is more aggression and more hostility in the cities, and especially in summer where people get overactivated, as opposed to small town. The pace of life is different in the big city versus the small town as well. There's, we need some, we can't have too much either way. I agree. Thoughts on this? Yeah. Um, as somebody put this in this um, metaphor, made so much sense. Um, she's a psychologist and she was talking about the same thing that too much of something or too little of something. She said, it's like a dance. The music is up, you go, you dance, and then you realize after several movements and dance, you need to come down, you need to get separate, you need to go get a drink, talk to other people, and maybe dance, maybe not. And I thought, this is a really good metaphor that you meet people, you engage, you um, interact, but to what point? At certain point, it's like a dance, you get tired, you had enough of it, you want to get away. So everybody has a different capacity when it comes to that. I like the dance metaphor. I like using metaphors to help us understand things. I think that's very helpful. Yeah. Alex, did you have some contribution on this? No, Daniel. No contribution. <laughs> no, uh, no, no I was just kidding. kidding. I like yeah. the resistance. You, you there. set me up for that. No, that was perfect. That was perfect. I'm going to yeah. label the resistance. Well, yeah, I'm going to. I'm going to to make up for that. I'm going to share how you know a big part of my adjustment back to Sacramento was because of uh, Daniel and his facilitating of getting connected to the community. So uh, one of the things too, I encourage listeners. Sometimes you know we maybe don't have hobbies or interests that we can really kind of uh, come to the forefront as far as things we're engaged in. But sometimes even professional associations, organizations can be a great way to get connected. Uh, and there can sometimes be a social piece to that. So through Daniel, I was able to learn about uh, a local psychological association, uh, SVPA, which uh, we've all been members of and Daniel president of. And so, you know, through them, I was actually able to meet new people, you know, in Sacramento, being able to, you know, make friends, even some of the good friends I have now uh, are individuals who are, you know, current members or board members or, or former board members as well. Uh, so to be able to have those connections have helped both professionally and personally. Uh, I, I have my own private practice that I technically started in 2018, gone full-time 2020. I do not believe 100%, I do not believe that would have been possible if without having known so many psychologists and therapists through SVPA, through those relationships, not connections, not networking, but through those relationships, the support, the encouragement that I got allowed me to professionally excel. And then personally, again, really good friends of mine, people who I care about, you know, that has given me a sense of community that otherwise I just think if I wouldn't have had that experience, who knows what that would have looked like to, to build a network and build those relationships too. So, I mean, that has been pivotal in my foundation, both personally and professionally upon moving to a new city, moving back to Sacramento. 
Absolutely. I uh, agree with you, Alex. And I was actually thinking of your moving to Sacramento, having family here, having Daniel here, knowing, uh, you know, that when you come here, you have a great support system, especially from your family when it comes to emotional part of it. But you talked about SVPA. I feel absolutely the same because when I got my doctoral degree and I um, came to SVPA as a member and I met with Daniel, the first person I met, the warmth that Amy, um, one of our other colleagues showed, all of that gave me a sense of a strength that I am in a good community. I'm very happy here, you know? So it just gives you sort of confidence gives you strength, gives you warmth. And all of that is needed for anyone who's starting a, a, a profession, um, who is um, sort of, uh, you know, walking into unknown, what, I, what am I going to be doing here? How do I start this whole thing? And I remember walking into meetings and becoming a board member with SVPA and then soon after a member of um, CPA and all of that. And especially with Daniel opening up all these other networking, um, and I know he knows a lot of people here, it just sort of um, pushed you in a right way, I think. And it's very, very important. Dan? We all need a soft place to land is what comes to my mind. And that is whatever, how you can interpret that in so many different ways, but it just is. We all need a soft place to land is number one. And number two is if we can think about what's it like for the other individual, what must their concerns be or how they're feeling, then we can help others with their community. Probably if we help others with their community, then they're going to be helping us with our community. And it's probably a reciprocal relationship. And it just grows. It just grows and grows, which reminds me, it's funny, interestingly, too. I have been going to this pool hall, been playing uh, for probably last year and a half, two years. Well, it's funny. I recently made a new friend and in, in meeting this individual, I met him about a year ago. And then I seen him again recently and we kind of played on a team against some other people and we actually did pretty well. And then he was like, Hey, you know, let's hang out, you know, let's, let's play me play at this other pool hall. So we met, we played and it was so funny because this goes to the community. When I met him, he, he, his uncle came to play with this too. Turns out his uncle knows my grandfather. Not only does he know my grandfather, he knows my parents. And then I find out this friend that I, I made, his name is Joe you know, he actually knows my parents. He was on a bowling league with my parents. And so he like knows my parents, he knows my siblings. And so it's one of those things where it's like that community just kind of connected perfectly in that way. And so it's so hilarious because it's like, oh, wait, who's your uncle or who's your, your grandfather? Wait, who is your mom and dad? And before you know it, it's like, okay, this, this network in this community that was already established, you know, and just kind of allowed me to build on that in that way. And it's just so funny because one, I always say, you know, uh, Sacramento is a, a small city. Everybody knows everybody somehow. Um, being Mexican, I jokingly say, you know, we're all related somehow. Uh, but even psychology, psychology is a very small world. I've talked before, probably on the other shows, how 
my director of training at Roosevelt University was in the same cohort as Daniel. So during my interview for grad school, I talked about Daniel for 30, 40 minutes, you know? And so that was like the best interview ever, just having to talk <laughs> about this guy. Uh, and so, yeah, it's it's one of those things where it's a small world sometimes, and we don't know where those connections and relationships can come from. And maybe that's already, you know, primed for you in a way you couldn't even imagine. Yeah. Alex, are you one of those people that when you go to other cities, you always end up meeting somebody that knows somebody you know or something like that? There are people around and I've run into them. I am not one of them, but I would like to be one of those. Are you one of those people? You know, what's funny. I recently, when I went to Chicago this last time, I uh, was recording uh, one of the episodes for Psychology Plus with uh, my friend Ashley Wood, who's also been on this show too. I go to the coffee shop uh, before uh, meeting her and I'm texting uh, Les Aria, a psychologist we all know, and I'm texting him about something. Uh, and then he had previously told me about a professor at Roosevelt who I knew of who he used to work with. Guess who was at that coffee shop? Uh, Jonathan Smith, the psychologist from Roosevelt. I go say hi to him. I text uh, uh, Les that I'm talking with you know, Jonathan Smith. He remembers less. So I'm in this coffee shop all the way in Chicago, running into a former professor who knows a friend of mine from Sacramento, all in like this, you know, like, what are the odds? What are the odds of that happening? You know, it was just, it was hilarious. So I, I guess I'm kind of one of those people. <laughs> I'm becoming one of those people maybe, but uh, yeah, it was funny to, to have that experience recently in that way. It happens. It happens. Okay. It's time to go to a break. شنوندگان عزیز رادیو بامداد من به اتفاق دکتر راکرز و دکتر اندرادی امروز در خدمتون هستیم من سعیده ملک افزلی هستم از رادیو بامداد با شما صحبت میکنیم روزهای شنبه و شنبه از ساعت دوازده تا یکی بعد از ظهر تحت عنوان کالچر اند سایکولوژی برنامه داریم پادکست های زیادی در برنامه کالچر اند سایکولوژی داریم که میتونین از طریق گوگل آیتون یا خود رادیو بامداد صحبت های ما رو تحت عناوین مختلف پیدا کنیم و در ساعت مناسب گوش بدین صحبت های ما به صورت معمولی که کژوال بهش میگیم و راجب فرهنگ راجب سایکولوژی راجب موضوعات مختلف صحبت میکنیم امروز تا کنون راجبه این صحبت میکنیم ما چطوری وقتی یک جای جدید میریم میتونیم آشنا پیدا کنیم میتونیم دوستای خوب پیدا کنیم میتونیم اون به صلاح حمایتی رو که از افراد و از جمع و کامیونیتی میخواییم به دست بیاریم برمیگردیم و دنباله صحبتمون رو ادامه میدیم Yeah, that's all, baby. 
Dr. Rockers, Dr. Andrade had to leave us. Um, he had a meeting that he had to go to. So Dr. Rockers and I continue our conversation. Um, so to add to this, uh, Dan, I always thought you have a huge networking in Sacramento. How long have you lived in Sacramento? Because I, I feel like you know a lot of people here. I don't, I don't share that same opinion. I don't feel like I know lots of people here. I guess that I do. I've lived in Sacramento, though, for about 20 years. The, really, the answer to how do we get connected for me is, has been organizational involvement. Alex mentioned that a little bit ago, and I think that's such a critical piece. When I was younger, I didn't really understand it. An organization, I'm thinking in terms of one's profession. So if you're in a profession that there are professional organizations which support you, it's always good to get involved in that. You can meet like-minded people and connect, especially important for us as psychologists, because so many of us operate as individual private practitioners. It's a great way to get to know other people expand your community. That's what I did with the local psychological association that you mentioned, SVPA. And what I pushed everybody to do there was think about when we're holding events, think about if somebody new shows up, think about what that must feel like when you go and you're the only, you're by yourself and you're new at some place. It's always, always nice for somebody to greet you and ask you questions and introduce you to somebody new to chat with you for a bit. It, to me, being an introvert, it's extremely painful to go to an event new, solo, and be trying to break into some conversations. I think it is always incumbent on the event organizers to watch for people who are coming individually and help them get connected, introduce them to a few people, show them around, give them a safe space or safe base to come back to and check in with you. That's the way you always increase members. That's the way you increase community. That's what community is, right? That's Absolutely. The and then also the personality of people in this is very different and how they appear to people who walk in as a new person in that mix and in that crowd. Because, you know, people are different in um, having 
their emotions related to this issue. Um, like, for example, for me, it's always very, very important how I am welcome to a group, how am I welcome to a community. And I felt that with SVPA, uh, starting with you, and I think, as you said, when someone new walks in, uh, the warmth they receive, the welcoming they receive, it just makes them their part of this. And um, one of the things uh, that I've noticed even when um, I started my work at the district, um, people were so friendly. You felt from the very beginning that you're part of them. They want you there. And I think it's really important. It's part of a human being needs that, as you mentioned, Dan, uh, previously, that you want to be wanted, you want to be needed, you want to be loved, you want to be liked. Um, so people who show this, um, and I think American culture is great in this, they usually are very good in welcoming you. Well, at least maybe my experience in education and psychology, two fields that has a lot of emotion involved and a lot of understanding involved. I don't know my experiences with other things, but also in business, I noticed that because in business there's marketing, there's always wanting, you know, to get to know you or to have you as your customer. I think it's part of this culture that they treat you really well. They welcome you, the, the warmth. Um, and also we talked about how the companies take your money without you noticing that part <laughs> too. But talking about uh, welcoming and wanting you and, um, you know, that experience is amazingly affecting you as a person when you're new to a community. And I often have talked about that and I say it again, my experience with people that like my boss or you, you feel comfortable around them. You feel like if I say something and it's not right, it's not the end of the world. I'm not going to be punished or I'm not going to be, you know, um, uh, bombarded by, yeah, or judged. And I think this is a lesson that we have to really learn and we have to teach that um, acceptance and non-judgment um, so people can feel comfortable around you. But if you have that guard, you're always on guard. You don't allow people to get close to you. But when you have that guard off, people feel comfortable around you. People can be around you and want to be around you. So I think this is also another thing maybe you can um, expand on. That thing that you mentioned there, the uh, if you make a mistake, you're not going to be judged or criticized for it. That's so important to opening up for us to open up. And that's a key element in building community, right? We want, it's not really a safe community if it's not safe to open up. Mm -hmm. It's not a community, it's not where we can let go, let down, be ourselves. Um, we all need, I think we all have a strong need to be accepted even when we make a mistake, even when we say something that maybe didn't come out quite right or however that works. And unfortunately, this is a commentary on our larger um, society at this point. We 
are moving in a direction of becoming very critical of anybody ever making a mistake or ever having made a mistake in their past and kind of cutting them out of all things banishment yeah it's just it's we all make mistakes i think that's such an important piece to realize every single one of us we all make mistakes we all say things sometimes that don't come out the way we intended and yeah. We need to be, we need to be forgiven. We want to be forgiven. We still need to be accepted. And everybody needs to be addressed in such a way that they can it it can be allowed that they can change as well. Absolutely. Well, especially think about some of the professions, like teaching profession, um, just education and psychology. If people are not understanding, you sort of question uh, their profession you know, uh, because you're there to support people, you're there to allow for um, them to show who they are, you're there to basically support them to become even um, the change that they want to happen in their life. So how could you not actually let this um, happen? Or how could you not be the one to help them? So Also, you mentioned on media, we see that as soon as somebody opens their mouth to say something, the comments, the attack, it's it's just so um, unreal that how could people, yeah, it's it's so um, ugly sometimes when you see people are attacking each other. And I've seen some of the celebrities that they're in tears. They just they just say sometimes in a clip that, you know, how people could be mean by just a comment or by something that happened. And I can see uh, fame can be pain these days because you're not really getting the advantage of being famous, um, but it's otherwise. I mean, the question that comes out for me is this. Is it that there is more criticism nowadays? It that is it one that has become more popular and more accepted that people criticize more, or number two, is it that the such people have always been out and about? It's yeah, just that it's becoming it's more obvious now. I guess it's just uh, because it's online and it's not face to face. They feel comfortable to do that and to let go of their anger, to let go of their jealousy, to let go of um, any hidden emotions that has built up by different things in their life that has happened. Not everybody is fully aware of what's happening in their life and why they're doing what they're doing. Where does this anger come from? I guess media has opened up that door for people who always kept things inside now without being um, known, they can say what they, they want to say, and they can criticize in a very ugly way, however they want it. I think this is one reason for it. Can it be something that is healthy? And as strange as that might sound, I wonder if maybe it is that some of that stuff is now better able to come out and it can be identified from a societal point of view. We need to know if, pe- if so many people are not well, 
yeah or they're coming across this way absolutely and you know the healthy constructive comments are very constructive are very helpful but then when it comes to ugliness even if they say something which makes sense and it may really bring up a good point but the way they say it is such a way that it just immediately turns off um, the um, viewer or the actual person who are being attacked. I think sometimes when you read some of the comments, you can tell some of the comments are very healthy. Some of the comments are very constructive. And then from those unhealthy, unconstructive comments, um, there's so much emotion involved that you would like to separately pull this person and say, hey, what made you say what you said? This comes from a lot of other layers, you know? Right, right. What is tormenting you in such a way that you would bite other people like this? Absolutely. With that, uh, Dan, I think we can end our program, but I would like to hear from you um, as your final statement um, regarding building our own community, which was the center of our conversation. I think the key element for me is have to start with an awareness of one's own community and need to build community. Like when I talked about shortly after out of uh, college, I didn't really get that. As odd as that might seem, I can I look back and I say, wow, I didn't really, I didn't know how to do that. And I didn't even know the need for doing that. So I think start with an awareness of that and then think about, well, what are avenues to do that? How can we build our community? I think most of us can always benefit from building more community. It can be through hobby involvement. It can be through professional organization involvement. It can be through something you're interested in doing or learning about. There are many ways. Be aware of it and put a little bit of effort into it. It will pay you back big rewards. I thought of uh, the golf. The golf can be a community that you're building with starting with me and Alex, mm -hmm. and then maybe we can expand it to some good friends that they also have this hobby. You know, that could be a starting to build a community. Right. Exactly right. Well, we can also, I think uh, we talked about the potential of having a a charity benefit mm. tournament for Tavanaugh. Absolutely. Absolutely. A great way of building our Tavanaugh community. Absolutely. And I want to uh, invite our listeners to understanding of how helpful a community can be, not only for people who are already there, but also for newly arrived people that they want to belong, they want to be part of the community. And the reason sometimes we share our expressions, our experiences, our emotions uh, in this uh, conversation is for our listeners to understand that a lot of times we may be shy um, or maybe uncomfortable to start a conversation. Imagine how that is for someone who's completely new walking into a community. So I wanna invite our listeners to be open to welcome people, show your warmth, show them the way and bring them um, as part of the community like you want to be treated. So with that, I wanna thank my colleague, Dr. Rockers, and we come back next week um, with another topic. Have a wonderful week ahead.
چشم خانی لحظه های زندگی چون موج دریاست گرچه سرد و سخت زیباست موج این دریا گرد از سر گذاشتم سر نوشتت سر گذاشتم لشکر غم را به سوزان بر فلک سخی نمانده این زمانه هر بزن تا بیکرانه سرنوشت را باید از سرنوشت شاید این با Sun,